Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Will Marotti Show. This is your host, Will Marotti. Matt Sarais, our Master of Ceremonies. Having a little glitch problem this morning. I think it's the White House jamming the signal. Um, Not surprised. Typical. Uh, Particularly with this article that I'm going to share now. Again, you know, all these things have a cumulative effect, right? Whether it's the Department of Justice at all, 51 current former intelligent agency officials, telling us that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation in October of 2020, election tampering to be sure, whether it's that, whether we hear censoring of social media, collusion between the government and the social media platforms. Well, now we have an article here and it says that the White House, this is proof, the White House was behind Facebook's COVID-19 censorship. During the discovery phase of the Missouri versus Biden lawsuit, alleging social media censorship efforts by the Biden White House, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry unearthed documents proving that the government was directly involved in shutting down discussions related to COVID pandemic, the most damning proof we've seen yet of First Amendment violations. The revelations come via a series of emails between the Biden administration and Facebook employees tasked with listing, liaising, uh, Liaising with the uh, White House and uh, one email specifically um, from Andrew Slavitt, senior advisor to Biden's COVID-19 response coordination, dated March 15, 2021. The subject line, you are hiding the ball. Flaherty accuses Facebook of driving vaccine hesitancy. We are gravely concerned that your service is one of the top drivers in vaccine hesitancy period he wrote we want you to know that you're you're trying we want you to we want to know how we can help you we want to know uh, that you're not playing a shell game it's a lot easier if you just be straight with us the email said internally we have been considering options on what to do about this as yet an unnamed facebook official pushed back saying that slavit had relied on leaked work that had been done by a small team to conclude that facebook was not being completely transparent we obviously have work to do to gain your trust, he continued. 
You mentioned that we're not trying to play a gotcha with us. I appreciate the approach that you're taking to these continued discussions. We are working to get you useful information that's on the level. That's my job. I take it seriously. I'll continue to do it to the best of my ability. I expect you to hold me accountable. Well, that's noteworthy. The Facebook official considered it to be his job to give Biden's COVID-19 team information about social media users who did not buy into the official narrative on vaccines. Why? Did Facebook agree to disclose this information because they agreed with the White House? Or did the White House threaten the social media giant? The tone of the conversation suggests Facebook was afraid to run afoul of the White House, yet still push back on handling over, uh, handing over what they demanded. So this is clear, something that was going on here. Whether it was threatening, whether they were trying to ingratiate themselves, we don't know. But to, to censor people at any level in a public forum, I don't think is right, do you? Particularly people that disagreed with the whole the COVID-19 narrative. The vaccine, boosters, masks, all the stuff that I think at times were spurious. At times we weren't getting the straight scoop from people like Dr. Fauci and others. So I guess the first, first of all, um, first question is, do you, do, you, do you agree this is wrong? If, if the White House was trying to coerce or influence Facebook to, to hold back on releasing COVID-19 information, is that wrong, number one? Number two, are you surprised? Number three, what can be done about it? What should be done about it? 860-522-9842. That's the question. Do you think this is a legit story? Are you surprised? And what can or should be done about it? Um, the White House had no right to demand anything from a private company. It's the one thing Facebook, um, for Facebook to voluntarily censor, which they did anyway, but on the behest of, the, of a high-level government official, that's what we call a First Amendment violation. In the press release, Governor, uh, Attorney General Landry said government censorship is bipartisan. If you don't like it, if they don't, if they don't like you, they'll censor you regardless of your political affiliation. No one is safe when the First Amendment begins getting violated. Let's hope the White House wastes no time investigating the extent of this government censorship and holding those who would shut down discussions about COVID-19 and the vaccine. I mean, we know. We know doctors, doctors, uh, epidemiologists that were censored, were shut down, were knocked off Twitter, who were silenced because they didn't agree with the company line. And, and, and when will we ever get the full truth? Is, will we ever get, maybe that's a better question, will we ever get the full truth about COVID? Will we ever find out who is responsible for the lab in Wuhan? Who funded the lab in Wuhan? Was it a man-made virus? Was it leaked intentionally by the Chinese the Communist Party? Will we ever get those answers? It'll be like the Kennedy assassination. It'll be 70 years before. You know, next year, oddly enough, next year, I think some of the Kennedy records, by law, have to be released. They've been held long enough. I think I saw an article on that. So that uh, that's the question. I mean, what do you think? I mean, this is, this is where the government has gotten too powerful, far too much overreach, 
and and they wonder why they have such a low ranking with popular opinion and why they can't be trusted. Let's go to our Southern Command, Florida. Rudy, welcome to the show. Hey, well, I'm, I'm staying on topic with the Facebook thing, but we already know that Dr. Fauci is responsible for the Wuhan lab. How do we know that? So, tell, our, tell the audience, how do we know that? Because he gave grants from his uh, federal agency right. to fund that lab because he transferred the SARS virus out of a um, gain-of-function lab at North Carolina in 2014 when Obama told him to. Mm-hmm. So he's involved in it, too. Whether China released it on their own doing or not, or it was an accident, no one's ever going to know. You don't think so? We but, don't get determined that. But Fauci was in on that. And I, I brought it up before, and I've, the source was like MSNBC in 2014. And um, it, it discussed the whole thing about how Obama signed into law, no more of those research labs in the United States. Yep. And that we had been studying the, the SARS coronavirus in that lab. Mm-hmm. So everything had to move out of the country. Mm-hmm. And it shows up in Wuhan, which Tony Fauci is giving grants to. We already know that. Rand Paul kept asking him why he was funding that laboratory yeah. under oath. Yeah. So we never got an answer. <laughs> never got an answer, of no. course. But we're just as much fault for this whole mess if we were funding the Chinese to research this disease that got out. And, you know, you have to ask yourself the question. Let, let's just assume that's true. What's wrong with us? The Chinese are not our friends. The Chinese are our enemies. Why would we um, be in bed to do anything with the Chinese that could potentially blow back on us and hurt us? Our government is not our friend unless you're elitist, a celebrity, media mongrel. Everyone else, we're just peasants. <laughs> Media mongrel. It's true. <laughs> what what has the government done for you in your lifetime, Pastor Will? Good. Besides take your tax. Yeah, take your money. That's what they do. I mean, I've never I've never got any benefit from it. For certainly, never personally I mean, had I any any believe, uh, value for the government. I mean, I can't even believe I'm hearing that you have to wear masks at doctors' offices and hospitals in Connecticut. I, oh I'm yeah, shocked. six six counties, six counties. I mean, I, I I'm like nowhere uh, here. Nowhere here, but no, hey, nowhere there. We'll nowhere in a lot of the country. It's just you know we we got our we're in love. With I gotta the whole find it for you. Government you mentioned control. Facebook, but Twitter was doing the same thing for the White House. Yeah. They censored anyone that talked about COVID. They censored yeah. anyone that badmouthed any Democrat politician. I got a timeout for attacking Nancy Pelosi, but no one got in trouble for attacking Trump or Rand Paul or any of those people. But and and the government was behind censoring that. But George Colley did a Freedom of Information Act, mm-hmm. and he posted this two weeks ago. There is a email from Denise Merrill's office to Twitter mm-hmm. asking them to silence someone about COVID in in Connecticut. <laughs> I don't know if it had to do with SEMA four. I don't know if yeah, it had to do with yeah. vaccines. I forget, yeah. but they're, they're thick as thieves. Was, they're thick as thieves, and it's just the wrong associations, you know. And there ought to be, there ought to be some legal barrier separating the government from social media platforms. But it's pretty bad if a state government could sway Facebook or Twitter, or should I just say a Democrat state government? Yeah, because I'm sure if Ron DeSantis came out and did anything like that, they they would ignore him. 
Do you think, and I'm going to let you go after this, do you think DeSantis can scale what's been done in Florida to a more national platform? We don't and have we, that. We don't use that word here. here. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. We, we don't, don't use that have word. that pushback here. Yeah. Well, I don't, don't know, because I, mean, I, think, I think there's been such success. And, and clearly he's going to run at some point, because I read the article about the inauguration and how many people said it seemed more like a presidential inauguration than a, gov- a governor's inauguration. So, um, you know, clearly he's thinking about the, running. The majority They're comparing of uh, his wife to Jackie O. She looks so stylish, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, I, I think anybody that doesn't think DeSantis, DeSantis, DeSantis is going to run for governor, I think is is just not not in touch with the feelings of the man. We, well, we don't have that progressive element because most of the Democrats down here are the JFK Democrats that are yeah. elderly. So they have a different mindset. And um, they actually don't call him DeSantos either. They call him DeSantis. But someone down here nicknamed him DeSantis. All right, welcome back, 1024. Let's go right to the calls. Let's go to uh, Massachusetts. And, John, John, welcome to the show. Hey, morning, Will. You know, uh, right from the outset, December 2019, CDC, NIH, NIAID had asked China for samples of the SARS virus at the time, and they were denied. So by the time the samples, China finally gave up the samples in January, you had four scientists from the Scripps Institute look at the samples, and then publish their opinion. And to a person, all four opinions said, this is clearly has the hallmarks of genetically uh, engineered virus, not one occurring naturally from a wet market animal. Mm-hmm. All four changed their opinions on a dime when they were reminded that it was the NIH, the NIAID, and the CDC that funded their research. They all changed. They changed so, their opinion? They changed their opinion from saying, yes, yeah, a genetically engineered virus, to, well, uh, there's a very good possibility this could be an animal-born virus. It's like, are you kidding me? Do you know the time what frame of that, John? When, when did that change in, in, in thought happen? Well, if you look it up, it was a couple of months after they did their research, four yeah. researchers from Scripps change their opinion. And of wow. course, this comes after some <laughs> type of intervention. So uh, a genetically engineered virus <laughs> like this mutates to the nth degree. This is what they do. Yeah, right. And to think that China would withhold that and we would not, uh, we would tolerate it. it it's, it's bizarre. Bizarre. I wouldn't tolerate it for a minute. Not a second. I mean, you're talking about the lives of how many people? I mean, come on. That's crazy. So what do we do about that? Or what can we do about that, John? Well, I think you have to have the investigations go on. Where does the funding come from? Why were you letting China do this? You couldn't do it here, so you had China do it. You knew that it was being done in a lab that was looking at a biomedical weapon. And that's the lab that you allowed this to be done? (laughs) The EcoHealth Alliance, which was the conduit for it, even people at EcoHealth Alliance says, of course we funded it. We knew it was gain-of-research funding. 
And we knew the lab, eh, pretty good safety protocols, but eh, it wasn't that great. And, and Who would so, do such a thing? Let's say, let's say everything that we suspect is true, and and someone is is going to be held responsible for this, whoever it is. What should be? What should the penalty for this be? I mean, or or some group of people? I mean, this is almost like Holocaust level. If if this could have been dealt with differently, or God forbid, prevented, and we still had a million people die, um, who's responsible? And what what should you do? Let's let's say we we pin it down to somebody. What should happen to that person? Well, well, first of all, I think there's two parties involved here. First of all, that would be uh, Fauci. Uh, CDC, uh, NAH, EcoHealth Alliance, everybody that allowed it to be funded. That's one party from our side that certainly you're going to, uh, Rand Paul would prosecute him for lying, for taking an honorarium, and he did, from more than just Pfizer, from other drug companies. That's why he's so wealthy, he and his wife. And his wife conveniently sat on the board of bioethics for this country. The bioethics of the NIA. You're saying Fauci's wife. Fauci's wife's that on board. So (laughs) it's corrupt from that end. From the Chinese end, 25% tariff, and of course that's what Trump did at one point, Mm -hmm. Uh, and this has to be done slowly. Mm -hmm. You've got to pull away from China. You've got to sanction them. How could you put up with this? What thinking nation would allow their most vulnerable (laughs) elderly population to be decimated and oh, hey, no big deal, no biggie. But what do you do with the treasonous Americans that are responsible, John? Well, what do you do with the treasonous Americans that are responsible for all these deaths? Well, you know, again, you've got a, uh, a House majority that's going to try and to look into it. Well, do you think they're really going to have any teeth in their investigation? Well, they're going to be no fought way. and they're going to be stonewalled every step of the way because obviously they're going to protect it. They're going to protect themselves. But maybe, maybe you know, somehow God shines on us and a piece of information that was prior to un- unprotected falls into the lap of someone and and we have the smoking gun. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, hope, I, so, I hope. John, thank you so much for your call. Thank I appreciate you. it. Please call thank back you. again. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Come back. Chris Powell. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All things Connecticut when we return. This is Local Radio, the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back, 1038 WTIC News Talk 1080. Um, every Tuesday, we're fortunate, most of the time on Tuesdays, we're very fortunate to have Chris Powell with us. Chris writes for the Journal Inquirer and several other local newspapers and was the former managing editor of the Journal Inquirer and has a, a deep history here and rich history and, and has a lot to say. And so we're always glad to have Chris on. We talk all things Connecticut. Hey, Chris, welcome back. No, great to be with you, Will. I'm not sure it's a rich history. It may be a poor history. <laughs> right. Nobody got rich in the uh, news uh, business later. No. <laughs> just, just Bernstein and Woodward, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was from their books, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, let's see. Where do I want to jump into? Let me, I'm gonna, I want to talk to you about a, a, a story that you, that you put up about um, citizen journalism. But before I go into that, I want to ask you about this report that's come out that um, from a lawsuit in, in Missouri versus Biden alleging social media uh, censorship by the, by the Biden White House. Supposedly, the attorney general has un, uncovered emails, explicit emails, linking the Biden White House to Facebook and um, unclear whether or not the White House was trying to intimidate Facebook or Facebook was trying to ingratiate themselves with the White House. But there was something, there was clearly communication, there was clearly censorship of COVID-19 issues. Um, how big of a deal is that, in your opinion? Well, I think it's an enormous, an enormous issue. I don't think it's going to ever be fully covered in, in you know, mainstream uh, news organizations. But, you know, here, you know, not just with Facebook, but with Twitter as well, you've got mm-hmm. the, the government in regular communication with uh, those social media uh, companies trying uh, to steer them uh, into uh, avoiding uh, really free speech and, and full uh, elucidation of, uh, of urgent issues. Uh, I mean, it's... it's uh, it's not quite fascism in the sense of, you know, a totalitarian government controlling the news. Uh, in, in these cases, I think both Facebook and Twitter were, you know, very happy to go, go along with, uh, with the government requests because uh, of their own political inclinations. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's disgraceful. It ought to wake a few people up. Uh, I think there's, there are a few First Amendment advocates uh, in the country who... Uh, remain uh, political liberals, but who acknowledge, uh, you know, this kind of uh, uh, censorship pressure was was wrong. But I think for the most part, uh, for the most part, uh, people who think they're civil libertarians today are are, are not. They're going along with uh, the totalitarian impulse that has taken over the political left. 
You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me that we've been struggling with this for years. I saw a, Jar, a George Carlin, uh, a bit of a George Carlin interview um, a couple nights ago. And, of course, Carlin's been dead for years. But but the assertion of the interviewer was that Carlin was making up this, this fanciful, there's, you know, collusion going on between journalists and the government, and there's some plan, there's some plot and everything. And, and Carlin's response was, listen, you, you don't need to have an official uh, – uh, you know, attempt a, a, an organized effort or meetings when you have all of these points coming to contact together, whether it's pol- politics, pol- pol- uh, politicians, journalists, whomever, they all go to the same schools. They all have the same philosophy. They all they all have a sense of what's best for them, so they're going to act in that. So you don't have to have a meeting. They're not having a, a national convention on how to do this, but they just all think that way. So they naturally they're going to lean and push, whether it's the government or the media, they're going to push them in that direction. Now, that was Carlin years ago saying it. I think we're seeing the, 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 the fruit of that now in full display. Yeah, look, part of it is that uh, news media people do tend to have – uh, certain liberal political views on on the whole, but there's there's more to it. I mean, the government has got <clears throat> enormous authority. I mean, anybody in journalism knows that even if he has a thought contrary to go, you know government interests, uh, if he publicizes that thought, if he if he publicizes uh, any information that's contrary to the interests of the government, the government's going to try to shut him down, uh, if only to, uh, you know, prevent him from getting other information that, uh, that, he, that he wants. So, uh, look, mm-hmm. the government leaks to uh, news organizations that, that it likes, and it, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't leak to news organizations that it, uh, that it doesn't like. Sure. Uh, look, this is, this is, you know, human nature. Uh, it's, it's a... It's a rare government that uh, upholds standards across the board. Well, and, and I know this is true, even even from in a microcosm from our show. We've invited people like Governor Lamont on. We've invited Richard Blumenthal. We've invited Chris Murphy. They'll never come on our show. And the reason they won't come on our show because they know they're not going to get softballs. They know they're going to get you know hard, difficult questions. Uh, and and I and I know there's journalists that won't will not will not pose these difficult questions because they want to have access and they know as soon as they start hitting them hard they're going to lose access and it's across it's across all all media and and i and i find that so um i find it so offensive that you would be willing to give give a pass to people even if you personally think that they're wrong or even if we personally don't agree with it that you would give them a pass professionally so that you could have them come on your show again well, look, news reporters uh, do that too. Look, we we all have our political outlooks, and those political outlooks may not be, you know, hyper partisan, but they they affect how we we see the world. They affect uh, how we evaluate what's important and what's you know not important. And uh, uh, the selection of every news story uh, is a political act. Um, it's it's a rare news organization that wants to, uh, you know, fully cover both sides or all sides of of, of an issue. You've you, you've really got to have a uh, an independent ownership and you know, lots of people with with integrity who care more about the the story and the truth than about advancing an agenda. And, mm-hmm. and those people are are rarer and rarer in the yeah. uh, news business these days. Yeah. Well, it's, it's frustrating. This, this, uh, this leads to the story that, that you put up a couple days ago 
about citizen journalism, where there was an incident in the um, Ridgefield Town Hall that apparently there was a, a person with a you know phone taking a video of something, and a, a town employee you know swatted at him, tried to you know get him out of there, and um, you know people don't like being held accountable, and and whether it's whether it's in a in a town hall setting or or a police arrest or whatever. I mean, the last thing anybody wants is a citizen with a phone taking video of it, right? It just, it's a horrifying aspect to them. But, I mean, we may have to – it may get to a point where that's all we can count on is citizen journalism. Well, what was going on uh, down at Richfield and, you know, throughout some towns in the southwest part of the state, you've got, you've got some people who have been, you know, walking into town hall with, without an appointment, not that you need an appointment, you don't. Uh, you know, with their cell phone cameras or GoPros and mm-hmm. and just uh, taking video of people at work. And this has proved, uh, you know, discur- disconcerting or even annoying to the, the town uh, employees. There was that incident in Richfield where mm-hmm. one of the clerks uh, swatted the guy with a file folder and got <laughs> suspended for a week and charged with disorderly conduct. But that was that was dropped. No real harm was done. Mm-hmm. But uh, these these guys uh, think they're proving something that they can they can take uh, video of people in town halls that uh, they're working and you know they, they think they're within their rights generally as long as they're not uh, you know disruptive with with noise or getting in people's faces but it's not it's not accomplishing anything they put this video on the internet and it's their big aha moment well yeah. okay what have you told me about town government that there's you know people in there at their desks and you know they don't like being videoed well Okay, what does that tell me? It doesn't tell me anything. But, you know, they, they could do some serious citizen journalism if, if they asked questions or particularly if they, they asked for certain documents. I suggested that, uh, you know, instead of just taking these, these idle videos that don't, you know, tell me anything about the operation of uh, the government, uh, you know, why not go into the town hall and ask to see all records of employee discipline or reprimand or performance, mm-hmm. and why don't you evaluate those? If there's no documents uh, of reprimand or, or discipline or performance, well, you know that's an interesting point, and that means either the the, the town workforce is perfect or or it's perfectly unmanaged. <laughs> you can go to a uh, a school superintendent's office and and ask to see all the curriculum materials and ask to see all the uh, uh, the books in the uh, the school school library, school systems are the worst for trying to hide oh, things gosh. from from the public. We know this, sure. uh, we know this not just from incidents around the country, but even here in uh, in Connecticut. Uh, anybody reviewing the curriculum and reviewing the uh, the books in the library would probably come up with a uh, a few pretty good news stories that the public would want to know about. But mm-hmm. these guys are not doing that kind of work. They're I think they're just trying to annoy people and then, mm-hmm. you know, stomp out and uh, and show the world how they've really managed to lord it over these government employees. Well, you know, that doesn't accomplish anything. It's They're just feeding their ego, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's it's so frustrating to me. I Again, I've, I've mentioned this to others in the past. I, as, a, as a child, you remember watching Walter Cronkite. And and getting the sense when I think back about it, getting the sense that he seemed like he was a fair, you know, uh, balanced kind of a guy. I mean, I know he was very liberal and stuff, but um, we are so far down, we're so far afield 
from Walter Cronkite even kind of reporting at this point that you know it's become it's become almost all op-ed it's it's like it's not it's not just pure journalism anymore it's not just pure news reporting right left doesn't matter there's always a spin there's always some kind of spin other than just reporting the story for face value and um i I don't know if we'll ever get get back to that i don't know we'll ever get away from that i think i think this is our our lot in life i don't know what do you think yeah well certainly the the major news organizations today are are more partisan than they've they've been almost since uh, you know the the early years of the of the country when they were all frankly partisan or nearly all frankly uh, partisan. Uh, I'll be interested to see <laughs> how the uh, uh, the story about you know the the Biden classified documents yeah, that were right? taken away from the government you know plays out. I, I know it's being you know mentioned, but you know for. Uh, for Trump, it went on for weeks, and and now you know the Justice Department's deciding whether to prosecute Trump. Well, <laughs> what's what going to happen now? here? Well, of course, the the treatment's going to be very, very different. Uh, maybe that'll wake people up. I, I, you know, I make no excuses for. No, for Trump. I understand, I, but I'm just I, saying I wish... Biden Biden's response when when that was you know found out with uh, with with Trump and documents. How in the world did that happen? Or how in the world yeah, will that well, happen? Now we know. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I know, Joe. Why don't you tell us? How did it happen? <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's shift gears a little bit less less intense. Uh, something you posted a couple days ago. It's an, a large article that was done by the JI and, and uh, on Bobcats. Now, Bobcats, um, I, I see Bobcats all the time in our neighborhood. We have Bobcats. I, don't, I wouldn't say I see them every day, but I see them several times a month walking around you know, particularly at night, back and forth across the street. And I think it's very much like bear. I mean, you know, they're saying now they think there's bear in every community in the, in the state. And I think for a lot of times people thought there's just bobcats were in, in Hamden, you know, hanging around the school. But it's now, it's, it's now, I mean, they're all over. So what do you do about that? These are not, these are not pets. They're dangerous. They, they can kill other small animals. I certainly would, would hurt children if they ever got near them. Um, but the state is, is, is absolutely reticent to want to open up any kind of hunting season on it. Yeah, I, I don't know why we, we have a law protecting uh, animals that uh, you know, prey on domestic animals, but yeah. that's what we have in Connecticut. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, not only does our law uh, make bears a protective uh, spe- species, but the, it makes uh, bobcats a protected species, too. There was a terrible incident in, in Marlboro a couple of weeks ago where uh, a bobcat b- broke into a uh, wildlife pen and uh, I guess broke through a window and jumped down and slaughtered 25 uh, domestic ducks and mm. got, got caught in the, uh, in the pen, couldn't, couldn't get out. Uh, I guess the window was, was too high and the farm owners... Uh, uh, we're entitled under the law to to, to shoot the uh, uh, the predator uh, <clears throat> because it had destroyed animals and it was on their land. But mm-hmm. they were persuaded uh, uh, by friends to uh, have a uh, uh, wildlife expert uh, trap and and relocate the animal, presumably so it could you know go attack somebody else's ducks and <laughs> and, and pets. And I, I I just don't understand that. You know the the bobcats are. They're very smart. They're very stealthy. Yeah. And if we had a, a hunting season for them, you know, we probably wouldn't get very many of them. They're mostly uh, nocturnal, uh, and sure. uh, uh, you know, hunters aren't going to go out at night and shoot at uh, things they can't see. Sure. But I think, in sure. principle, we should have a 
a uh, year-long hunting season on uh, on bobcats. Do you want your uh, your dog or your cat or your 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 ducks or you know other domestic animals being attacked by these guys? What's the What's what's the point? I mean, we're not going. To, we're not. We don't. There's no threat of extinction for bobcats. Even mm-hmm. if we had a hunting season, uh, we'd still have plenty of bobcats in Connecticut. We just might be able to reduce the problem. The same with the with the with the black bears. Um, right. But you know, we've we've got a, a crazy wildlife lobby that will come out to protect both. And uh, uh, I th- I think that's that's got to change. And uh, you know, fortunately, Governor Governor Lamont is. Is on record in favor of uh, some kind of hunting season for uh, for bears, if only in uh, Litchfield County, which is their entry really into into Connecticut. Uh, you know, we the the question with the bears, well, is if we're not going to have a hunting season on on bears, then you know, how many bears should every town in Connecticut have? Right. Uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's like illegal aliens. How many how many should we take? No, it's just, I mean, but we, we have the, the, the number of bear break-ins is mounting. Uh, just, just in this article that the, the, the J.I. posted, that just, just this year alone, the DEEP have, it reports 2,500 bobcat sightings. So it's yeah, like they're, they're throughout the state. They're right, and, and you know they, they they used to be hunted years and years ago, yeah. and they were driven yeah. out, and now they're coming back. And and you know the wildlife people think this is wonderful. Well, you know I yeah. don't think it's wonderful. I'm sure the farmers who lost all their ducks don't think it's sure. it's wonderful. How many bobcats do you want in in your town? Because sooner or later, with enough bobcats, every cat, every small dog, uh, you know, every other yeah. pet. Right. Is is going to be in danger? Why? Why do we want that? I know it doesn't make sense, and and we we hunt deer in Connecticut. I mean, what what makes a bobcat or a bear more more, uh, you know, precious, valuable, or in, in, <laughs> than a than a, a bear? Or bob- I don't understand. You know, it's just like it, it's a, it's a it's an inconsistent policy. So anyway, uh, Chris, as always, thank you very much. Appreciate your time, and um, we'll talk next week. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Take care. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we will come back uh, for one more call. And uh, hopefully it's going to be you, 860-522-9842. Stay with us. This is Local Radio, the Will Morati Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right. Welcome back. Let's go, uh, hmm. Let's go to Paul in Plymouth. Hey, Paul. Well, thank you. Uh, I had a chance to watch some of Fox uh, evening programming. Um, you know, even Hannity last week was attacked. Uh, he basically outed himself in the technique that uh, he used, and he used it against a Republican, so he got criticized. But against Democrats, it's okay. So two areas. I saw Carl, uh, Carlson um they're getting a lot of flack there at that media outlet. So what they do is they put up a useful uh, person to do the dirty work that they won't do. And so basically he drew a connection between the events in Brazil. He said that they were setting up concentration camps and he likened it to what happened after January 6th here. So they're still pushing that narrative that mm-hmm. it is political oppression. We're stripping away those people's rights of due process, the people that attacked law enforcement officers. So now it becomes uh, a relativist 
type of pablum that is given out and replicated by operatives, Republican operatives, all over the place, including in Connecticut. So my question to my conservative friends is, what happened to this uh, cry against moral relativism? That is, in order to justify lies, in order to win a political battle, you make up stuff. And that, remember, Pope Benedict and previous popes spoke out against the evils of moral relativism, that anything goes. So now that the shoe is on the other foot, will we uh, follow our roots? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.